This is your inside look at the Canadian Football League. CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara on the TSN Radio Network. Delivered by Domino's. Visit dominoes.ca today. It is week 19 in the Canadian Football League. Welcome to CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. You can get us on Twitter at AndyMC81. And folks, as you know, we are delivered by Domino's. Weather's getting a little cooler. Perfect time for some Domino's pizza. Check them out at dominoes.ca. Their large pizza, four topping, just $11.99 deal. You can get their side dishes, marble cookie brownie for dessert, all the specials, dominoes.ca, dominoes.ca. Well, guys, hey, with two weeks away, and then it is playoff time in the CFL. How about that, boy? Where did that season go? Argos on the bye week. We look back at the week that was in week 18. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders put an exclamation point on their clinch of a playoff spot over the Calgary Stampeders. In Calgary, the Stamps had not lost at home 30-7. to Wow, the Rough Riders get it done. Then the Winnipeg Blue Bombers fall to a wild finish in Toronto. The Argonauts 29-28 to jump back over the Ottawa Red Blacks for a one-point lead in the East Division. Then Edmonton and the BC Lions. Hey, don't look now. Eskimos have won three in a row, 35-29 against the Lions, who are in a complete free fall. And then no surprise here, the poor Montreal Alouettes, man. 43-16, a bloodbath. The Ticats feasting, feasting on the Owls to grab their fifth win of the season. Hamilton and Montreal, of course, eliminated from the playoffs, as are the BC Lions. So more playing for pride. We'll get into our game picks uh, later on in the show. Big show today, though, guys. Big show. Matt Dunnigan, former legendary quarterback around the Canadian Football League, current legendary broadcaster with the CFL on TSN panel. He's going to join me. Scott Cullen from TSN.ca with Team Power Rankings and uh, fantasy tips coming up as well. And behind the helmet, I mentioned the Argonauts. How about James Wilder Jr., one of my favorite running backs? He will be in behind the helmet later on in the program. All right, guys, let's hit the blitz. All right, and to begin the blitz, let's see here from Tessa Benam, our Sports Center anchor, on who are the performers of the week. CFL named riders Jerron Carter, Ticats Brandon Banks, and Argos James Wilder Jr. the performers of the week. Carter returned an interception for a 43-yard touchdown in Saskatchewan's on Friday. He was moved to secondary after several injuries to the riders. Carter is one of 43 players in CFL history to score a touchdown in four different ways in his career. It's also the third time this season he's been named the performer of the week. Yeah, how about Deron Carter? How about Deron Carter? Okay, all he does is go from being a performer of the week on the offensive side of the ball, balling out as a, a stud receiver, switches sides due to injury, Gets a pick six and wins the performer of the week on the defensive side of the ball. Wow. Like, Deron Carter is having himself a year. My goodness. And friend of show, of course, for him behind the helmet cast. But Deron Carter doing it both ways. Now, Coach Chris Jones said last week that he would be playing on both sides of the ball, only was on defense last week. So he again is saying, all right, this weekend he will be playing on both sides. We'll see. They are hosting the Montreal Alouettes. Should be a pretty much an automatic win at this point. As bad as Montreal. Pretty much automatic. But you got Deron Carter just, oh man, like 
What else do you say? Brandon Banks as well. I love what Speedy B has done. He was our guest on Behind the Helmet last week. In that he's transformed this late in his career, he has transformed himself from just a a gimmick kick return punt return specialist, and nothing wrong with that. Like he he's had a heck of a, a career just doing that. But you look at what Brandon Banks has been able to do this year, and from last game, 129 receiving yards and a touchdown. Like hello. Also four punt returns, 111 yards. Speedy B, the Steel Cheetah, getting it done as he does. And James Wilder, who again, behind the helmet, he is the other performer of the week. Uh, Rushed for over 100 uh, 100 yards again. Back from the concussion. If this guy can stay healthy, he is absolutely next level. Now, what's interesting is when we look at the Calgary Stampeders. I mentioned earlier, they lost to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They have the West locked up. They're going to be hosting the West final. You know, they're, they're clear. It's tough to stay focused. Tough to stay focused sometimes when you look at that. But what does it mean going forward? Are they too relaxed? How do they respond is very interesting. Well, let's go out to Calgary. TSN's Jermaine Franklin and the Calgary Suns' Daniel Austin. Jermaine Franklin starts us off. The Stamps lost for the first time in two years on this turf. Are there any positives they can take from their most recent loss? I mean, there are positives in the sense that they've already wrapped up the West Division and have a home game at McMahon Stadium in the final. Um... But we can't answer that question yet, really, because let's be honest, if there's a positive, it's going to be how they respond to this. We saw uh, a really intense practice today at McMahon, the first time they've been back. There is also the possibility that this could, you know, send some players spiraling with bad games. It's how they respond to it, and ultimately, it's better to have a setback like this in October than it is in November. So you have to assume that, you know, the St. Peters, being who they are and being the successful football club that they are, you know, will bounce back. And yes, that could be a positive. I agree that the positive that can be taken out of that loss is a slight change in attitude. All of a sudden, Dave Dickinson probably has the attention of his players again. Not necessarily that he didn't before, but it's more focused in the film room, on the practice field. These guys know that they're not invincible, and it's time to get back to work and get up to the standard that they believe they can be. Um, In terms of Bo Levi Mitchell in the offense, obviously they struggled in the loss, and to be honest, they've struggled a little bit uh, the last few weeks. Should that be a concern moving forward? It has to be a concern just because of the last two weeks. But I I just like to say, I mean, the point of playing football games is to win football games. And there's no one better in the league than Bo Lever Mitchell and the Calgary Stampeders doing that. I mean, he has literally led the league in passing at at certain times of the season. And people are saying he has an off year. It, It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. That being said, look, the receiving group, players have been in, they've been out against the Riders. Imagine having Mark Ray McDaniel, a guy who was known for extending drives, those 12, 13 year old passes. They didn't have him. And I think they paid for it. So if you can get that consistency back, I think it can make a huge difference for a team that is still very good on offense. I think the concern is the fact that you mentioned that, that there has been a lot of turn, turnover at receiver, but the stars are back. Kamar Jordan is back. Daniels is back. Mick Daniels should be coming back. The question is, do they have enough time uh, to get on the same page? And there really has, there really is no choice. So there is a concern there, but the fact that the talent is there gives them a strong chance to be uh, that much better. And in terms of the attitude going into the final couple of weeks of the regular season, how should Dave Dickinson approach um, the final two weeks with the West already wrapped up? I mean, you think about everything that we have talked about. 
and they have to play their starters if they are healthy right now. And they have to develop that chemistry. Uh, the defense has, you know, been phenomenal, but they, they still have games against the Edmonton Eskimos and Winnipeg Blue Bombers, both of whom could be coming through McMahon Stadium in the West Division. You don't want to give those teams a boost by letting them beat you. So in my mind, I mean, the Stampeders need to approach this as if they're not in the playoffs. These are still must-win games in my mind. But at the same time, they don't want to show those their opponents too much heading into the West Final. So there's a, a yin and a yang there. Dickinson said if they're, if they're healthy, they're playing. Bo Levi has already said he wants to play both games and the full games. All right, Jermaine Franklin and uh, Daniel Austin there from the Calgary Sun getting ready for the Stampeders game there. It's a 13-2, first loss at home last week. And you see... Am I concerned? No, no, no. What I am very interested in is seeing how they respond. And you have Edmonton-Calgary Battle of Alberta Saturday night, 7 o'clock Eastern on TSN. The Eskimos have won three in a row. Now, two of those wins have been against terrible teams. Let's be honest. They got back on track, broke their losing streak, their six-game losing streak, by thumping Montreal three weeks ago. Then won a tight game against a very good Argos team. And after that, last weekend, dominated the BC Lions. Who also, right now, are not very good. So, what do you do when it's the Calgary Stampeders? How do the Stamps respond? How does Edmonton follow it up? Can they win four in a row? They've been very good on the road. They've been five and three. And and they're they're at home actually, so they're also five and three at home. But the Stampeders six one and one away, thirteen two and one overall. That's kind of the prime time matchup to me so far to be able to watch and see what are what's going to shake out. How is this going to go down? Because I think it's going to tell us a lot about how the Stampeders respond and where where the Eskimos are really at. Where are the Eskies really at at this point? Is it fool's gold? Are they back? What are we looking at here? And then the other storyline for me this weekend coming up again, let's go back to Jerron Carter. Is he actually going to play both sides of the ball? If he does, what is he going to be able to do? Like, if you want to showcase, if you just want to play and have fun, I think this might be the week to do it at home with an Alouette team that has nothing to play for. Nothing at all. They are Ooh, they are riding out this season as fast as possible and hit the reboot button and try to figure out what's going what what's going to happen after this. But Deron Carter, is he going to play on both sides of the ball? I'd love to see it. I'm just worried. Do you wear him out? Does he get hurt? It's a nice luxury to have. I think it could be very interesting and exciting if he does play on both sides of the ball. So we'll uh, we'll have to see. Those are just a few of the storylines. Going around, we will take the break and come back with Matt Dunnigan, CFL on TSN panelist and one of the all-time great quarterbacks in the CFL. A lot more coming up here on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Football season is here and Domino's has you covered. Hungry? Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout deals at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. We have your complete meal, including delicious side dishes and desserts. Check out our $7.99 mix and match offer that is something for everyone, including two two-topping medium pizzas, mouth-watering pasta, amazing chicken wings, bread sides, and don't forget to try our irresistible marbled cookie brownie. See all this and more at dominoes.ca. 
You're listening to CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, delivered by Domino's on the TSN Radio Network. Welcome back to CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. We are delivered by Domino's, folks. Visit domino's.ca. Get their large four-topping pizza. Just $11.99. All the side dishes, the marble cookie brownie. So good. I wonder if my next guest from the CFL and TSN panel and legendary Canadian Football League quarterback, Matt Dunnigan. I wonder if he would like a marbled cookie brownie. Matt, are you hungry? Do you want, do you want some Domino's? Uh, well, we asked me two questions there. We're talking <laughs> about brownies and cookies. We're talking about pizza. I'm going to go with the thin crust pizza. Oh, yeah. yeah. boy, I like it. I like it. All I, right. I've enjoyed Domino's for a long time. I mean, I'm talking about going back to my college days, eating a whole giant, extra large yes. pizza by myself. You know, I mean, that's, that's where you roll back in the day. Got to. You got to go with Domino's. I love it. <laughs> uh, Matt, let's let's look at the uh, week 19. Hey, two more weeks and we're in playoff mode, man. It's uh, it's coming quick. Uh, the Calgary Stampeders had the blip last week, lost to Saskatchewan. But when we look at the West, who do you think is their biggest threat right now? Wow. Uh, you know, I was listening to a, a little soundbite from uh, Trevor Harris this morning. And he's talking about parody and how... All the teams left in the playoffs are solid contenders and can make a lot of noise and can win it on any given day. And I really agree with that. Uh, so, but you know, to try to answer your question, I will. Um, I will say the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, I just like the way that they've battled through uh, six-game losing streak after winning seven in a row. Now they're on a streak of their own. They're starting to get healthy, and the common denominator there is Mike Riley. Yeah. You know? Big believer in Mike Rowdy being able to get it done uh, late in a football game, whether it's with his legs or his strong arm and his receiving core. And, uh, I, I believe that football team can make some noise. And if they can get their defensive line together like they were earlier in the football season and put pressure on a quarterback with just four, which they have a, an ability to do like no other, I, uh, maybe the Stampeders uh, can compare to them as far as that goes. But I believe that uh, the Eskimos could be their biggest contender. Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you, Matt. To see the overcoming during a season, like like being being a former player yourself, of course, like you had that stretch, you had the losing streak, you've done it really from both ends and the injuries. Like, how does that that mold a team and bring everybody together to really think like we can overcome anything? Well, that's football in general. Uh, the mentality, whether it's Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. Calgary, Edmonton, whoever, and you know, all the teams left in the West. It, it, that that's the the hurdles you have to overcome on a weekly basis and it's a mindset and it's and it's a real family type of atmosphere and guys the more you go through that and, and the more consistent you are in coming through on the other side the more the deeper that feeling becomes and, and everybody feels like they're a part of it no matter whether you're two three four in the depth chart you know you've got to be prepared and the expectations are running high for everybody to have when the opportunity comes to present itself that you got to step in there and make things happen and that that is uh that's consistent with football uh, as far as i've been in the, you know involved in the game that is something that has to be developed and your championship teams will develop better than the rest in conversation with Matt Dunnigan from the CFL on TSN. Let's go to the East Division here. And, Matt, I think when you have both of these quarterbacks healthy and Ricky Ray and Trevor Harris, those two clubs are so evenly matched. But between those two, if you had to look at it right now and assuming the QBs are healthy, who do you think is better built for a long playoff run? I'd, I'd, I'd have to say the Argos right now. The mm. Argos... Uh... 
they've uh, their defense has been the talk of the season out in the East. When they're healthy, they can flat out get after it. If they're able to get Marcus Ball back in the lineup, I really believe that uh, that solidifies that defensive side of the football. But they've got a ton of weapons offensively. The way that uh, JWJ has come on to establish a line of scrimmage and give that offensive line an opportunity to have more tools in their toolbox, and that's being able to fire off on the defensive line and not pass protect 24-7 trying to keep Ricky Ray clean, it really balances things and opens things up, and it, it keeps the defense off balance. And if you can imagine a rocking chair and a linebacker, um, you know, going up, going back, going up, going back, and it just – and they don't know what to do. They just can't drop off into coverage. They just can't play the run. They, they've got a lot of things to think about. and It levels the playing field offensively when you're able to run the football. And James Wilder Jr. has helped that offensive line, that offense come together as far as that's concerned. Then Ricky Ray can go to work and use his formidable receiving core. Then you, then you talk about Martise Jackson, who's one of the best in the league, explosive on special teams. And Hyrule, who's had a tremendous football season. So I, I like this football team as a whole. That's no disrespect to the Red Blacks because they are a gritty bunch. They've been there. They're defending champions. They're rested. We know mm-hmm. they're going to be rested down the stretch. So uh, going back to my initial comment about what Trevor Harris says, there's a parity in the league and anybody can make noise on any given day. Yeah, it's not. That's not just lip service. That is definitely true. Now you mentioned how dynamic James Wilder was, and he's going to be our guest on Behind the Helmet later on in the show. But nice. another dynamic guy, Deron Carter. Like Matt, how does this guy win Performer of the Week multiple times on offense, then just flips flips to the other side of the ball, gets a pick six, and is a Performer of the Week once again? Like how special is his talent? Well, that's just it. It is a special talent, and it's mind boggling. Oh. Your head coach would even entertain the uh, idea right? best offensive weapon away from the offensive side of the football in a must-win situation. Throw him to the short side corner and have him cover uh, one of the most dangerous football teams and offenses in, in the Canadian Football League and to shut him down. And then to have a pick six on top of that. <laughs> You know, we wow. had we we had we had one of our fellows Ben and our and, and who handles libero. Uh, Drew that up for us, and he said he caught the ball in the 42, and then he ran 98.4 yards in his interception return and made everybody miss and, and found the end zone. And I was just capping uh, what, what I call one of the most incredible athletic performances I've seen in any sport since I've been alive. It, it was uh, to play at that level and, and to play that well. And then to have a pick six to cap the day was uh, was just fabulous football and fabulous television to be a part of. Well, and then, Matt, you look ahead to this week. Now, Chris Jones last week said he would play on both sides of the ball. He didn't. He was just on defense. He said again, all right, this weekend he is going to play on both sides against a very gettable Montreal Alouette team. Like, just from a an entertainment standpoint, I really hope that we see him on both sides of the ball. Because I think, I think especially at home, with the way the Alouettes have been struggling, this could be a lot of fun to watch. No question, fun to watch. But I'm concerned for the athlete. Yeah, me know, too. Yeah. At, at this point, uh, you know, the idea going in for the Calgary Stampeders last week would be to wear him out defensively and not ha- leave anything left in the tank for him to play offense. And now Chris Jones is saying he's going to play both sides of the football. This time of the year... As long as the season is, 
you know, athletes are duct taped together and trying to make things happen. Remember, he's coming off an ankle injury a few weeks back, and so he's uh, that. That's kind of concerning for me. You know, I just I just want to make sure that uh, he's there when they need him. I know this is a big game for him. It's a must win. They got to get this one. They're still trying to track down a home playoff game, so. It is, uh, is, is a scenario that I'm certainly going to watch. And as you said, Andy, you're going to be great from a fan's perspective. But I'm concerned with the athlete, and he may be in overtaxed a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you. That's, uh, that's something to keep an eye on for sure For the uh, now that they do have that playoff spot. Matt, when we look at the upcoming offseason, and, and of course we're going to be focused on the Grey Cup and the playoff run, but the teams that have to do the most work in the offseason who are missing the playoffs. So we have... The BC Lions, the Hamilton Ticats, the Montreal Alouettes. We've seen glimmers out of the, the Lions and, well, I guess more so the Ticats. But, Matt, what the heck's going on in Montreal? Like, this is just full. This is carnage. Like, this is, this is terrible. Like, what, what do they have to do? Is it as simple as, as trying to fix that quarterback position first? Because it's easy to say, but, well, as we've seen, it's very difficult to, to actually do. Yeah, they've been trying to do that for years. Yeah, yeah. It just hasn't been this year. You know, you yeah. lose a Hall of Famer and not have a contingency plan in place, you know, for the last five years since AC retired. It is it has been the same old question. Those players that have been their focus of the football team and, and, and the bright spot of the football team, particularly on the defensive side of the football, uh, Bowman and Cox and Bear, these guys have been absolutely phenomenal. And yeah, they're now starting to get a little bit long in the tooth, and I think that's been overplayed. I, I, I'm not a big believer in that. I don't. I'm not putting the finger on that they're too old. No, they they may be getting long in the tooth uh, in, in some of those areas, but they're still very productive, and and they've been left on the field far too long. They have to find some consistency on the def- on the offensive side of the football. Darian has had a really tough football season. I I I can't put my finger on why. You know, uh, after he he had just basically was derailed in a ball game where he couldn't do anything, skipped five of his six passes he attempted. A week or two after that, they start talking about a hamstring injury that he was dealing with, and I'm like, really. You know, it's like I know the players deal with injuries and every time they go on the football field, but then to I think that was thrown out there as cover and trying to protect the athlete from and trying to explain what was going on. First, it was a timing issue with his lower half and his throwing motion. Then it became a hamstring issue. And I'm thinking enough's enough. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like either. Either tell us beforehand that he's dealing with this, you know, and 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 give and shed some light on the situation. But I, I can't put my finger on it. I I know that Darian's been quoted recently saying I've had losing seasons before and come back and won great cups, and I agree with that. I still think he's got a lot left in the tank. You know, Anthony Cavillo is I th- I think is. Uh, been thrust back in the offensive coordinator's uh, position, and I think that they've struggled there with inconsistency on the messages, both offensively and defensively, making coaches changes right in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Worked out for Hamilton, didn't work out for Montreal. There's a lot of issues going on there, and that's Cavis's Reed's job right now this offseason, because I think that's the biggest mess 
in the Canadian Football League is, is when you're talking about the football teams that have missed the playoffs this year. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100% on that. Well, Matt, it's going to be a fun weekend of football beginning Friday night on TSN with Hamilton into Ottawa to take on the Red Blacks. We'll be watching, and thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, Andy, anytime, man. Look forward to it. Enjoy the rest of the season. All right, that was Matt Dunnigan, legendary quarterback in the Canadian Football League and, of course, a regular on the CFL and TSN panel. Real pleasure to chat with him. We'll take the break. On the other side, TSN.ca, Scott Cullen, team power rankings, and some CFL fantasy football tips later on in the show, Behind the Helmet with James Wilder Jr. of the Argos. A lot more coming up here on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. This is your inside look at the Canadian Football League. CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara on the TSN Radio Network, delivered by Domino's. Visit dominoes.ca today. Welcome back to the show. This is CFL Weekly, and you're listening across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. You can get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. As you know, folks, we are delivered by Domino's Pizza. Check out dominoes.ca today. All their delivery carryout specials. You can get a large pizza Four topping, just eleven ninety nine. They have their feast specials, desserts, side dishes, all at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. My favorite part of the week, each and every week, tsn.ca. Scott Cullen in studio to go over team power rankings and CFL fantasy football tips. Scotty, how's it going? Awesome. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing well, man. And hey, you know what? Let's start with the power ranking side of things. And I don't think it's going to affect, I don't think it should affect the, you know, the overall top of the, the rankings here. But the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, 30 to 7, giving the Stamps their first loss at home. Uh, wow. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And, and you're right. I don't think this is going to, to knock Calgary out of top spot. They've had a, um, a season of building up credibility yeah. that, that, you know, you, you can kind of look at this and say, all right, they stubbed their toe. That's it's obviously not not a typical Stampeders effort, uh, but they're they're still going to be at number one. But as, as we talked last week, basically from about two down through six, there's a lot of flexibility in, in from week to week in the rankings because yeah. you know these teams are fairly close together, um, and you know Saskatchewan getting a. A decisive win like that at Calgary, that's you know that's likely going to um, move them up the, move them up the ladder. And I think the the part that uh, I guess I'm kind of struggling with is is that you know they didn't have um, great quarterback play. They didn't. They all. didn't. No, I mean, like, like Brandon Bridge, um, you know, struggled basically, but they still end up with thirty points. Um, you know, maybe they've got a new shutdown corner uh, oh. in Deron Carter. On the, we talked so, about Scotty. We yeah. talked about is it, is he going to be stretching Deron Carter too thin, playing both sides? Well, he didn't play on offense. He got performer of the week. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, wild. Oh. So, so you know, maybe that is. You know that that'll really have an impact uh, on them defensively, and and you know Trent Richardson continued to contribute a little bit there yeah. uh, in the running game. Each so week, getting you know better. they're getting they're getting a little bit um, from different spots. But I also, you know, when, when I want to see you know for sustainability, I like seeing kind of the main guys. Um, leading the way, right? So so if it's Kevin Glenn or Brandon Bridge at quarterback, I'd like to see them having a good game to right. lead them to the win because I think, well, the next week they're going to be front and center in the game plan again. And, and so, you know, it, I think it's a, it's a really great win for Saskatchewan, um, but I'm probably, my enthusiasm gets tempered a little bit by how, how it happened. Well, the good news for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is, well, the Alouettes are back. Wow. And, uh, 
Yeah, in, into Saskatchewan. The word, uh, if I could use one word to describe this game, Scotty, I think I would go uh, bloodbath. I think that would be <laughs> appropriate. Um, I don't think it really matters how well the quarterbacks play. Chris Jones said sure. Kevin Glenn is going to start. And I, did, for me personally, greedy as a fan, I want to see Jerron Carter actually play both sides of the ball. I want a, a touchdown on both sides. Yes, and and you know, it, it, being that he he has uh, history with Montreal, that mm-hmm. that's all the more uh, motivation for him. And, and we got Darian Durant coming back to Saskatchewan, um, but I mean Montreal has been oh. you know on, on free fall for a few months now, and and with Saskatchewan, you know, playing solid football, maybe yeah. maybe even better than solid football. Um, that you're right, this game looks like it could be could be something ugly. Now, I want to dip quickly into the fantasy side, then we'll get back to the team power rankings. But mm-hmm. for Jerron Carter, it, listen, last week it, it, you heard both sides of the ball. You could have played him nothing, not, right? And he's 5400 bucks. so this week you're hearing both sides. Are we staying away from Jerron Carter? I, I, um, I don't know what to expect. Yeah, and that's I, I'd be a little hesitant just based on, one, if they're really committed to playing him on defense, mm-hmm. and... You know, they say that they get out to a healthy lead because that's probably going to happen <laughs> at some point. That you know they might be focused on. All right, well, let's keep giving them reps on defense, and, right? And 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 because you know we know what he can do offensively, and and if the game is uh, turning into a route, then you know th- there may not be a whole lot of reason to play Deron Carter on offense. And you know maybe they will play him there a bit, or you know. Who knows? Maybe if the game's close, he ends up playing there a lot. But I, I think it's, um, it, it becomes challenging to try and guess when it's such a unique situation, right? Yeah. Like we, we don't have. Oh well, this is how teams play their guys both ways, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> defensively or and offensively. Like it's just, it's just not a, a thing that we can uh, easily grasp. And so, you know, if you're if you're going to spend the money, um, you you probably find someone else that's that's at least a little safer in terms of you know reps actually playing. Yeah. yeah. Now, for the rest of the power rankings, Scotty, we look at the Ticats, 43-16 over the Alouettes. Again, great to see Hamilton finish the year strong. You can't really put too much stock into the Alouettes. Are, are the Ticats no. kind of slotted in yeah. where they are the rest of the year? Yeah, they are. And, you know, look, at compared to where they started the year, this is yeah. clear improvement. Like, definitely, but at the same time, you know, I, I don't like them better than, you know, the teams that are headed to the playoffs or, or no, anything like no, that. No, you know, no. it's it's... And... As you say, you know, you you every team seems to look good when they play Montreal. So, you know that you don't get full credit, I guess, for for winning forty three sixteen. Not not in the same way, say that Saskatchewan gets full credit for winning at at Calgary, right? You you get a blow yeah. win at Calgary that you you'll get some props for that. You get a blow win at Montreal, and everyone says, well, that's what you're supposed to do, and exactly. and, and on we go. I think for the Edmonton Eskimos. I'm I'm having trouble really deciding what they are because they had that seven mm-hmm. win streak, overcame all the injuries, then the injuries finally caught up. They lost six in a row. They broke that streak against well, the Montreal, the, the magical elixir. Yep. Then they beat the Argos, a very good Argos team, close. Then you took out the BC Lions in BC, granted, mm-hmm. but the Lions aren't very good. So they won nope. three in a row. Where where are the Eskimos? It is hard. It is hard to kind of pin down what, yeah. what the Eskimos are. Um, I would say at least something to take away positive from last week, I mean, in addition to just winning the game, um, was that Darius Bowman was a factor. Sure. You know, he's sure. it's been it's been really down season for him, and part of the reason I've, I've kind of held out hope for the Eskimos to, um, you know, play better down the stretch and 
potentially into the playoffs is um, that I thought with Daryl Walker back and Brandon Zilstra being one of the most productive mm-hmm. receivers and Darius Bowman, I thought like between the three of those guys, you have really good weapons for Mike Riley, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, if not the best. So, you know, I, I, I've kind of held out my, my hope here that, that Edmonton can be good, but I'm still not, you know, I'm still not sure, even though, you know, they're riding a three-game win streak, because as you say, some of these wins are, you know, you know, winning against Montreal doesn't get you a whole lot of credit. Winning against BC gets you a little bit, but not a lot, because BC's sort of been in, you know, they're not free-falling like Montreal, but they're not exactly, uh, you know, playing a competitive brand of football either. Exactly. In conversation with TSN.ca's Scott Cullen on Twitter, at TSN Scott Cullen. Scotty, let's flip to the CFL fantasy side. You can play on DraftKings or on TSN.ca, of course. And, hey, the development at this stage of his career by Brandon Banks, impressive. Yeah. Most of his career, a return specialist, which is fine. Yep. But he's he's proven he's a legit receiver. Yeah, and well, I think it's interesting that in a in Hamilton's case, right, a team that was going nowhere fast, mm-hmm. that they have some flexibility to say, okay, well, look, we're going to try Brandon Banks and and not just you know throw him out there at wide receiver and let him you know run you know run his routes and and not be a part of it. He's basically become their number one receiver. You know, right. we, we've got four straight one hundred yard games and. You know the the fact that you know he still has uh, that return ability uh, to to lean on. Uh, in addition, I, I mean, I think you're you're finding that he he could be a pretty valuable player, um, and certainly for fantasy wise, he's extremely valuable. I've uh, I've been been on on board with Brandon Banks for a few weeks now, and um, you know you, you got a bit of a bonus last week in that he gave you the the. Uh, return touchdown in addition to yeah. uh, his 129 yards and a touchdown receiving like that's you're, you're double dipping almost at that point. Oh, huge numbers, huge numbers. Now, Scotty, let's look at the, the quarterback position. We, it's it's tricky because okay, we know Riley's a stud. Trevor Harris is right up there, of course. Now Matt Nichols, we talked about that thumb injury. I'm not mm-hmm. fully confident there. At the number four spot, Jeremiah Masoli, over 9,500 bucks. I, I, are we? Is this fool's gold? He's he put up last two out of the mm-hmm. last three weeks. He's got the pa- big passing numbers, and he can always use his legs. Like, what yep. are we thinking, Mazzoli versus Ottawa? Um, I think he's you know he's been decent mm-hmm. uh, the past few weeks, and as you say, what did he three hundred twenty yards and two touchdowns last week? Um, and look, if Brandon Banks is going to put up big numbers, someone has to throw him the ball. Yeah, uh, but. I, I think when I look at, you know, for this week in, in fantasy, I think the difference in cost between him and Trevor Harris would tilt me towards Trevor Harris. I mean, it's about right. a $1,500 difference, give or take a, a few dollars. And Harris is, you know, consistently productive. I know, you know, last week wasn't a, a huge week um, for him, but, you know, I think if we go back to the start of last season, he's been the highest rated quarterback uh, in the league, just in terms of um, efficiency. So, yes, I, I Masoli deserves full credit because, you know, when he took over, I wasn't uh, I wasn't exactly bullish on his chances mm-hmm. uh, uh, for putting up numbers, but in, in he's performed better. Um, I think probably there's some credit to go to June Jones as well. Um, oh, sure. he, he's been a bit of a quarterback whisperer uh, over his career. Um, but if we're talking just for this week, uh, I'm probably going to spend my money on Trevor Harris before I spend it on uh, Masoli. 
And last one for you here, Scotty. We always like to look at the sleepers, right? And and you go, Alex Green's been a perennial one, which is always solid. Right? <laughs> I, I always jumped Alex Green. You go, yeah. Alex Green. Luke Tasker is in that 5,500 mark. I'm looking maybe at, and, and you always have to, to worry about the one-offs, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Weston Dressler, with the lack of uh, Darvin Adams there, yep. they had to go to someone. We were asking, well, is Denmark, Langford, Dressler, who is it going to be? It was Dressler this week, and yeah. he's 4,700 bucks. That's not bad. You're not like, bad. And 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 not, like what's interesting, right? The start of the year, Dressler had a couple big games where they used him as a you know a more focal part of the the passing game. Yeah. And then for long stretches of the season, he kind of got pushed aside, and then there was a bit of an injury, and mm-hmm. and and so yeah, I believe I was on here last week saying I don't have much faith in in the depth of the the Blue Bombers receiving core because I just, so I just don't know who who you're who you're going to because Weston Dressler when he was playing is getting you two or three catches a game. Well, and last week it's eight eight catches for 129 yards or and a touchdown, whatever the numbers were. Like at that at that point, well, yes, he does seem to be the the preferred mm-hmm. target. Um, if if you want to kind of jump on that for for this week and, and the value isn't bad and I mean it goes in somewhat the same way as Adarius Bowman right he's done yeah. he did, has done very little all year but then last week was like nine catches for 136 yards and his his price is still quite reasonable because for most of the season he hasn't been very productive and and so get, grabbing I would say even one of those guys um, because. Their their ceiling is pretty high, sure, right? That sure. you know, that it's out there that yes, they could have 120, 130 yards plus, uh, depending on how the game goes, and and they could end up being a focal part of the offense. But you know, part of the reason that you you would get them relatively cheaply is that you know you might get stuck with three catches for thirty four yards too. All right, Scotty. People can find your articles at tsn.ca, the CFL fantasy one, up right now with your heroes and zeros. Enjoy the games. We'll do it again next week. Awesome. Thank you, Andy. All right, that is tsn.ca Scott Cullen. After the break, behind the helmet with Toronto Argonauts running back James Wilder Jr. and my game picks. A lot more coming up here CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Football season is here and Domino's has you covered. Hungry? Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carry out deals at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. We have your complete meal including delicious side dishes and desserts. Check out our $7.99 mix and match offer that has something for everyone including two two-topping medium pizzas, mouth-watering pasta, amazing chicken wings, bread sides, and don't forget to try our irresistible marbled cookie brownie. See all this and more at dominoes.ca. You're listening to CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, delivered by Domino's on the TSN Radio Network. Back to wrap up another edition of CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Folks, we're delivered by Domino's. Go to Domino's.ca today, right now. Go to Domino's.ca. Perfect football food, perfect anytime food. You get their large pizza, four topping, just eleven ninety nine. Check out their feast specials, side dishes, marble cookie brownie for dessert. It's all there. Domino's.ca. Carry out, delivery, whatever you want. Domino's has you covered. Domino's.ca. Okay, I want to get right to this. One of the performers of the week. Now, I chatted with him before his game last week. Am I the good luck charm? Probably for James Wilder Jr. All he did to become a performer of the week. 18 carries, 112 yards, then seven catches for 85 yards. Oh, by the way, yeah, he got a couple touchdowns in the win over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. James Wilder Jr., absolute beast. He's my guest in Behind the Helmet. Joining me now, James Wilder Jr., running back for the Toronto Argonauts. James, how's it going? 
Everything is going good, man. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, my pleasure. And listen, James, I have to say, it is I, – I told my producer, Joe Narsa, I was like, this season – we got to get James Wilder Jr. on because, James, I'm telling you, the way – I'm not doing this because you're on the phone with me, okay? You, if you tell a running back, I'm convinced, say, here's how you do everything properly as a running back in one play, you've done that at least twice this season alone where you – out of the backfield, I think it was the pistol, and you broke through the line, you shook a guy off, you stiff-armed two guys, and you sprinted and accelerated. Like, I, I don't know if there's a question in there. Like, how do you do it? Hey, man, I just had great blocking uh, up front, man, and when my numbers – Oh, man, I know I, I know I I have to get to the end zone. I had zero touchdowns and I had to get to the end zone, man. <laughs> we get late in the season with zero touchdowns. I was determined, man. We we did it as a whole the whole offense. The team and the offense has really come together under Mark Trestman. Now, James, what was interesting to me as well this season is uh, you have your teammate Brandon Whitaker. I know it's a, a tight knit, knit offense, but when the coach says you got your shot, like I want to get into your head here mentally as a player. When he says, okay, you're going to have your opportunity, nothing that Brandon did, but hey, James, I want to see what you have. Where where does your head go? Because some people, it goes two ways, right? Someone either buckles under the pressure or excels. And you obviously, when you got the chance, you rumbled for two or three straight weeks. Where did your mindset go when you were like, okay, the coach is telling me this is my moment? When he brought me to the side, he told me first, he was like, hey, man, he's like, how you feeling? I'm, not, I'm thinking about giving you an opportunity, man. It's something that I'm thinking about with the coaches, and, you know, I'll let you know. And later that day, he called me out in front of the team. For the whole team, which uh, a group of guys that, you know, we're like a family in there, the brotherhood. He's like, I'm calling out James. I'm going to give him a shot. He's been working hard. We're going to see what he's about. So I knew I had to take advantage of it. And I knew everybody was watching me. Uh, everybody from the inside was watching me, seeing what I was going to do. Uh, like you said, there's nothing that Brennan, uh, Brennan, B. Whit, Brennan Whitaker did wrong. Um, he just wanted to, see, he wanted to see what I could do. Wow. Um, and um, I just wanted to make sure I take advantage of it and prove that I could uh, – go out there and ball and earn the coaches, and not just the coaches, but my teammates as well, um, trust out there on the field. In conversation with James Wilder here on Behind the Helmet on CFL Weekly. James, so let's get people to know you a bit better here, okay? Let's let's get the man behind the helmet, okay? So uh, as far as when you're ready, when you're getting ready for a game, do you have music you go to? Do you have a song that helps pump you up or calm you down? So, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I actually listen to Slow Jam all throughout the day. Okay. Make sure I just keep myself relaxed. And then um, right before maybe like uh, I'll say the final 45 minutes before kickoff when we're in the locker room that last time, I, I got my personal playlist from Rick Ross, Meek Mill, rap hip-hop songs. And nice. Get me going and get, get, get me geeked up and stuff. Then you get, get ready to go. Uh, are, you a, are you a Madden yes, guy? Are you a video game guy? Uh, I watch it a lot, man. I, I used to be on. I, I can't say I'm a Madden guy because I know somebody's gonna call me out and try to play. <laughs> and I haven't been on it. I haven't been on it lately. How I should have. And I'm not trying to get exposed. But I, I am a Madden guy. But I can't really say I'm a Madden guy because I don't want to get called out. Gotcha. That that is smart. There are a lot of a lot of tremendous <laughs> Madden players out there. So uh, James, right, obviously, right. your 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 father, James Wilder Sr., uh, tremendous uh, career in professional football in the NFL. We, best known for the Tampa Bay Bucks, but he also played on Washington and Detroit. Do you have a favorite NFL team? My favorite NFL team, obviously, growing up in Tampa, has always been the Bucks. You know, growing up, I'm always in the locker room. I'm always at all the games. Growing up, my whole life, it was just only not. It, it was only right that I have to say that they're they're my favorite uh, NFL team. I just grew up around it. Um, nice. I just grew up around the Bucks my whole life in the locker room, and I know all everybody who works there. In the staff, and it's just 
Um, yeah, that's that's just my team. That's that, that's my team on a personal level. Mm-hmm. So I guess you know I have to take it as a fan level as well. Yeah, absolutely. And in your prime, in, if both of you are in your prime, your dad and you, who has the faster forty time? Do you think who would win? <laughs> <laughs> we talk about this all of the time. Yeah. Supposedly, yeah. Suppose uh, my fastest time was a four five. Supposedly off the record because I, I can't find this anywhere. <laughs> supposedly he ran the four. He ran the four four two. Oh. With his I don't know. I don't know. And I told them they didn't even have lasers back in the day. They didn't have laser times back in the day. One. Two, no proof on the internet. He gets all his older friends. That's, that's for the Bucks as well. They'll, they'll vouch for him. I'm just like, man, of course you guys are going to go with him. But I don't know, man. I, I, you can see it in some runs, but I don't know, man. You know, if he's saying 442, I, I got I to add a little bit of time on it. Right. Anybody would take <laughs> off a little bit of time on what they really say. Exactly. But, uh, Especially with no proof. Right. No proof. Nobody was even really timing like that in the 80s. I saw them all the time. So, I don't know, man. I'll let him have it because he he, he he insists every time. He never switches the time up. So, he's so sure it was the 4-4-2. He's so sure. All right. It's just like, it's just like, it's just like one of those things where they say um, Bo Jackson ran the 4-1 or whatever. Right. But, but you can't technically ever find the proof You can't anywhere. find it. It's one of those, yeah, it's one of those situations where you just, you have no choice but to take their word. Right, yeah. <laughs> Before the technology, these old guys can say whatever they want, right? Whatever, right. <laughs> I know. I'm like, come on. I'm like, in that case, I'm on a 4-3 then. Exactly. Yeah, hey, it's somewhere. Sure, why not? Why not? Uh, James, <laughs> right. the, the first play, uh, Argos playoff game at BMO Field is going to be happening this season. What does it mean? You're, you're with this team. You've been around this area. You're, you're in that stadium. What does it mean to the club uh, to have that first playoff game at BMO Field? That first playoff game is going to mean a lot, man, because first of all, to the fans, man, because we have the fans. You know, we, have those, we had those games where we, you know, we lost four in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, we lost three in a row. We had, the, we had those slumps where times was hard, but we still have the, those loyal fans. I'm going to do it. Not for the fans that's going to hop on the bandwagon now that we're in the playoffs. You know, we might get the first week by. Not those fans. The loyal fans that, that came in when we when we were going through the slump uh, for those guys who's coming in. It means a lot for it to be the first time. They, they definitely deserve it. We deserve it as a team. We, we, we've come together, and we've been practicing and giving everything we got since the beginning and following Coach Chessman's lead, as, as well as the staff. They build this family. They, they built this here. Everybody's coming in on, on short notice. It's like almost unheard of that this is happening. So we, we just know we have to win every day and take advantage of every day. You're absolutely right. It's been a, a remarkable ride that's, uh, that's just getting started. James, you're one of my favorite to watch. You get continued success the rest of the year. Oh, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. All right. Big thanks to James Wilder Jr. Argos with the week off on the bye. They wrap up their regular season week 20 on Saturday, November 4. It will be the Argos into B.C., to take on the Lions, but this week's picks. We begin the week in Ottawa. It will be the home of the Grey Cup, the Red Blacks versus the Ticats. Hamilton looking to play spoiler here. They've been much better as of late, but Ottawa getting back into the group with Trevor Harris at quarterback. I will take the Red Blacks in a close and exciting game. I wouldn't be surprised if both these teams went over 30 points. Montreal Alouettes into Saskatchewan. This one isn't even close. The Rough Riders dominate. The Alouettes can't score. And they can't stop anybody. That is a terrible combination. Oh, and they don't have a quarterback. Rough Riders run wild. And I'll make a prediction. I think Jerron Carter gets an offensive and a defensive touchdown. Or if not a touchdown on the defense, at least an interception. He's going to have a big game. 
That's on Friday, the late game at 9.30. Saturday, Winnipeg hosting the BC Lions. Lions are terrible. Winnipeg needs this win to try to get back on track after a close loss to the Argonauts as Matt Nichols gets a week healthier, and they try to make do without Darvin Adams and uh, Mo Leggett. And so for the Blue Bombers, winnable game, important game. They come back in style and dump on the Lions. Then, to me, the main event, Edmonton-Calgary. What are these two teams about? This is so close. I'm going with the Stamps to rebound, but Edmonton puts on a show and get believers that they are legit. So I'll go Calgary close over the Edmonton Eskimos. So those are your Week 19 picks from around the CFL. Folks, hey. When we come back next week, we'll be right at playoff time. Last week of the regular season for producer Joe Narsa, I'm Andy McNamara. We are delivered by Domino's. Follow me on Twitter at AndyMC81 and enjoy the games, folks.